0: My dad died. I miss my friends because of... I don't know how to tell my friends that. I want to help my friends. I don't know how. The pandemic has left me
1: feeling very lonely.
0: How can I best support students in my class?
1: The morning meeting is meant to be a place to let you know that you are not alone. We can get through this together. So join us. Listen, learn, share your stories. This is The Morning Meeting. Hi, I'm Mandy Zucker, the host of The Morning Meeting. Today's guest is Alana Hammond, a 20-year-old sophomore at Virginia State University studying psychology and math. She agreed to be on the podcast today because she's dealt with plenty of hardships and grief, losing both of her parents before she was a teenager. She wishes to share her story and talk a bit about what she's learned in the hopes of helping someone else. So welcome, Alana. Thank you so much for coming to the Morning Meeting Podcast. Of course. It's an honor. Very glad to be here. (laughs) Thank you. So tell us a little bit about you, what you do, where you go to school, what you're studying, stuff like that. Uh, Well, I go to
0: school at Virginia State University. I am a sophomore currently, and I'm double majoring in psychology and math.
1: I know a little bit about your... History of loss. Um, if you can just tell us a little bit about you and what brings you to the show today. So, when
0: I was eight years old, I lost my mom. Um, it was a house robbery. And then, when I was 12 years old, I lost my dad to cancer. Um, I never lived with both of them at the same time. Well, I did up until I was about two. And then I would just switch off every year. So the moving stopped when I was eight. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And then I moved again when I was 12. And now I'm here in New Jersey. So where were you when your parents died? Um, When my mom passed, we were actually on our way to a family vacation. We were going to pick her up. Mm -hmm. Um, And then my aunt called everyone. She said, come back to the house because she had gotten the call. And everyone was so confused. my mom lived in Georgia at the time. So whenever, I think it was every other year. So when I was from three to four, I lived with her four to five. I lived with my dad and then I would just switch back and forth. So, and my dad lived in West Virginia. So I've basically been riding planes by myself since I was like four.
1: (laughs) Wow. That's a huge transition for a four-year-old to get used to living in one place and then pick up and leave all your friends and your parents and have to adjust to a whole other environment.
0: Yeah. Making friends, making friends was the easy part. It was the trying to like stay friends with people because with my mom, she moved around a lot in Georgia. So every time I would come back, I'd be at a new school and there'd be new people.
1: And, but I eventually, I got used to it. Mm -hmm. I'm sure it taught you a few things. That doesn't mean that it wasn't hard. Yeah process, but I'm sure it taught you how to, you know, make friends, um, (laughs) and adjust to new environments, which I'm sure serves you well, but, um, doesn't mean that it wasn't challenging at the time.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And with my dad, I, he stayed in the same house the whole time. So I knew that I
0: had that consistent group of friends that I could always go back to. When I was told that my mom had passed, I, the same thing kind of happened when my dad passed. I just felt like I didn't feel anything. I was like, hmm. And I think everyone was kind of surprised that I wasn't freaking out, but it wasn't until at both of their funerals, well, not at my dad's, but at my mom's funeral, it wasn't until then that I actually like broke down and like cried and everything. And I didn't even stay for the whole funeral. I stayed for, I think the first 10, 15 minutes. And then my dad said that I could like go to the car and like sit there. But I think that was more so I was excited about my mom's dog that she left me. (laughs) I was like, dog's in the car. I can still be in the car with the dog.
1: Mm -hmm. And then what about your dad? What was that like? I mean, so probably at eight, you may not have even really understood that like death is forever. But Mm -hmm. four years later, when your dad died, you were like, oh, so mom's not coming back. You probably had a better understanding. So when they told you that your dad died, what was that like?
0: Yeah. When my dad was sick, I still hadn't really come to terms with like my, like mom's never coming back. I knew that like she was gone, but in, I couldn't like wrap my head around that. That was it. Like the last time I saw her was the last time I saw her. Yep, forever. Um, yeah. And then when my dad died, I, the first person who told me wasn't even a family member because that morning they had The morning that he passed, he was in the hospital, and my family and I we all slept together. And I woke up, and everyone was gone. So I was like, something happened. Um, And I guess they called my school on the way to the hospital, and they like told my teachers what happened. And my friend's mom actually picked her up from school because like we were such like close friends. Her mom used to babysit me and everything. She picked her up from school, and they came to my house and like told like said, "Oh, I'm so sorry for your loss." And that was the first time I had like actually heard someone say it and I remember her mom just kept going it's okay to cry it's okay to cry and I didn't know how to express that like I just couldn't cry mm-hmm. so I was like oh no I, I already
1: cried like their tears are all gone mm-hmm. um, that's such a confusing thing, right I yeah. remember when um, my grandmother died I was eight and my mom came in my room and I shared a room with my sister mm-hmm. and she woke my sister up first and told her, but I was awake enough and I heard it and my sister was crying and I remember lying in the bed thinking why aren't I crying mm-hmm. and I was literally biting my tongue trying to hurt myself so I would cry because I thought oh no she's like about to come to my bed and tell me mm-hmm. I should be crying and I felt this weird feeling like I'm supposed to yeah mm-hmm. I, and I think I didn't
0: cry until I got to the hospital and I saw him like in the bed still cause they hadn't moved him yet mm-hmm. um, because like my family was still coming in and everyone was like saying their goodbyes. So I just like saw him lying there and I was like, Oh, like you guys were serious. <laughs> this, this wasn't like some well thought out plan of a joked plan on Right. right? Um, yeah. But that's, I kind of felt like the wind had been knocked out of me. It just like felt like a punch in the gut kind of, but that was like when all the emotions kind of came rushing in. And on top of realizing that he had passed, I was like, okay, so he's not coming back. And then I had to deal with the fact that my mom was not coming back. And so I kind of dealt with them both at the same time. Because after my mom passed, no one really talked about her. So, and I didn't want to like ask questions and be, I didn't, I thought that I would be like annoying I didn't want it to seem like all I wanted to talk about was her, but I wanted some form of communication about, you know, what, not what she was like, because I I knew what she was like, but I was starting to like, forget about her. Like now, even now I can't really remember her face unless I like look at a picture of her. It's the same with my dad. Like I can remember his laugh, but I can't remember his voice.
1: Um, And I can remember his face though. His is clearer in my head. (laughs) But I I totally get that feeling of like, when your dad died, like, I imagine you wanted your mom. Like, that's what happens, right? When you go through something big, you want one of your parents to take care of you. And then you're like, oh, right. She's dead too. Mm-hmm. Um, And what a, an intensity of feeling I can't even imagine.
0: Yeah. And I remember after that, it lasted for a few months. Every day I would like wake up and you know, those first, like two seconds when you wake up and everything like nothing's wrong. Mm -hmm. I, I would forget that they were gone. Yeah. And I would just have to go through that every morning. It eventually stopped, but when it was happening, I was like, I'm so tired of this.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Really? Like, like you want to just keep your eyes closed and not, you know, not Mm -hmm. think about anything before that feeling kind of rushes into your brain. Yeah. And then, how did those feelings sort of evolve over time? So, you know, you had these two very traumatic losses and then you moved to live with your aunt. What was it like to have to now tell everybody? I'm living with my aunt, both my parents died. Did you did you even tell that to people? Like, what was that like? Um, I still have to tell people that. <laughs> so someone will be like,
0: oh, ask your mom. And I'm like, oh yeah, I'll ask my aunt. I just instead of correcting them now, I just move on. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Um, but when I first got here, I thought it would be easy to like move into a new school, but because of where I was mentally, I couldn't focus on work. I, they wanted me to write poems and essays. And I was like, I don't want to do any research. I don't want to type this up. Um, it got to a point where my guidance counselor, I would just go to her office during my classes and i would be like, I can't, I literally, I can't focus in there. I don't know what they're talking about. And also because the curriculum was so far ahead from my old school. Mm-hmm. So not to say that, you know, they didn't care. Um, but the curriculum was nowhere near as extensive as Westfield's curriculum and as competitive. So I think I just had to do a lot of adjusting with the schoolwork and trying to keep my grades where everybody wanted them to be. So
1: I'm just thinking about your experience going to college. And I know, you know, we're in the middle of a pandemic right now and mm-hmm. college looks different. But when you left for college as a freshman, did you explain to people then that both of your parents had died? Or um what was that? You know, now you're meeting everybody new, mm-hmm. everybody's coming in at the same time, trying to, you know, make friends and Yeah, I I told my roommate because my aunt came in to the room while we
0: were moving in and like she saw her. So I was like, all right, well, might as well get this out of the way. But I don't I didn't tell. I don't think I told anyone else. I told two or three other people who are like in our main circle of friends that when we first got there, like we all met at orientation. Um, I told them. But other than that, I didn't tell anyone else. I don't know if it was that it just, it definitely came up in conversation, but I was just like, I can't deal with this right now. (laughs) This is not what this, this environment is for. Um, I just, I think I just didn't, I didn't want all the attention to turn to me because I know the first reaction people have is, oh, I'm so sorry. Um, And I just, I didn't want their view of me to change. Like I was some porcelain doll and I needed to be like protected and I was fragile and it was just,
1: I didn't want them to look at me differently than they had when they first met me. So I just didn't say anything. So I totally get that. That makes like sense that you want to just be like everyone else and you're making friends and whatever. And at the same time, I wonder, I'm just, you know, making shit up because I haven't <laughs> been in your shoes, but I'm just wondering like that also at the same time, make you feel more. I don't know, isolated or lonely because people didn't really know you.
0: Yeah. Um, I think there were times where, like for um, homecoming, there was family day where everybody's families would come and everybody would watch the homecoming game together. And there were all these booths and food and clothes that you could buy and like shopping and stuff. And my aunt was supposed to come, but she couldn't make it because something happened with the car on the way down. Um, So I guess... In that moment, I kind of felt not, um, no, I I wouldn't say isolated because the the three friends that I mentioned before, they were there for me, they, um, and my roommate's parents had come and I'm really close with them now. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like a surrogate family. So I, I stayed with them all day. <laughs> um, so that wasn't as bad as I thought it would be, but I did get that, those feelings every once in a while. And I'd look over at my roommate and her family and I'd be like, oh, you know like i wish that things could have been different but it is what it is
1: well it sounds like you know yes there were some feelings of maybe loneliness or jealousy or whatever but mm-hmm. you also used some tools to create a family what are some of the things that have been helpful to you at school to get through like the whole transition which you know every kid is going through
0: yeah um i think I know my school has like a counseling center within the health center, but I had never gone. I had heard of people who had gone and they didn't really like it. Mm.
1: They
0: were like, "Uh, it's okay. I would go for like little problems, but I wouldn't go for like big things, you know?
1: Yeah.
0: And so I didn't, I didn't even really give it a shot. I was like, "Uh, it's okay. I'll deal with it some other way. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think, um, The fact that I was so close to my roommate, we basically had all the same classes because we were the same major. So we saw each other all day, every day. So just having someone that I could depend on that I knew would like be there definitely helped. I was like, we're both confused. Neither of us know what's going on. So if we stick with,
1: if we stick together, we'll be fine. (laughs) It is so like, I don't know what the word is. Just like discombobulating to feel like when you go to college and you don't know anyone and, you know, you don't know where, like, you know, the good food is or the laundry machine or whatever, like you feel like you're on sort of shaking ground and to have a person like your roommate, you're lucky that you found one that you connected with. um, It's very grounding. You know, you feel like you're not literally floating out there all by yourself. So that is a form of support. I was so scared because freshmen at my school
0: aren't allowed to pick roommates. Mm. So everything's random. I was so scared that I wasn't going to like her or she wasn't going to like me. And I basically forced my friendship onto her because at first she was kind of (laughs) quiet. And I was like, okay, we're going to do this. Like, come on, let's go do this. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, um, we laugh about it now because she was like, yeah, I did not want to talk to you, but
1: we're just so persistent. (laughs) Well, you knew what you needed. What other things did you find at school that might've been helpful to you? Not, you know, necessarily Mm -hmm. like a professional counselor, but like, what things did you find as a freshman in college who, you know, had lost two parents were helpful? Um If anything, you could say nothing was helpful.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think I focused on it as much at school because of the new environment and everything that was going on. I had so much to focus on that I didn't really have to think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was uh, one professor, my psychology professor, who is also my advisor. Um I ended up telling her I think right before we got shut down for quarantine that I had lost both my parents and I remember she didn't treat me like any differently than she had before. Yep. It was very much um she did say that she was sorry for my loss but it wasn't it didn't feel patronizing like it usually does. Okay. I felt like cuz sometimes people will say it and they'll mean it but they won't say it like they mean it. They'll just say it as like Kind of a force of habit. But I felt like when she said it she really meant it. Um and I remember she was just saying you can come talk to me about anything whenever you want. She gave me her cell phone number. She was like call me, text me. I'm most of the time I'm awake grading papers so <laughs> so I think that was really helpful just to have another outlet if I needed it to
1: talk to. School, um I don't know a lot about your school, but is it a big school or is it a small school? Um it's pretty small. I feel like we're less less than like four thousand students. I feel oh, okay. like I'm really like, like maybe because it is a smaller school, you mm-hmm. know, you have opportunities to really get to know teachers. Where at maybe a, a larger school, you yeah. might not, and that might be something as you know, high school juniors and seniors are thinking about college. If they've gone through something significant that they feel like you know, it is good to know an adult. Um, you know that's that's something to consider.
0: Yeah, um, I know. In like most introduction courses at bigger schools, there are like a hundred, sometimes two hundred kids in a class. In my introduction course, I think there were thirty of us. Wow, in that one class, so it was really like hands-on, face-to-face. You know, the professor knew everyone's names, which you don't get
1: everywhere. <laughs> wow, right. So that sounds like it felt like you're not anonymous. Mm -hmm. And that might, you know, that sounds like it was a good thing for you. Yeah. Yeah. This podcast is brought to you by Inner Harbor, providing support and education to grieving students everywhere. Inner Harbor provides workshops and trainings for staff and students teaching you how to support other grievers. So if you are interested in learning more about how we can educate your class, your fraternity, your sorority, your team, your club, or your agency, go to www.inner-harbor.org to learn more. You can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter and check out all of the other services we offer. If you're enjoying the podcast, you can also sponsor an episode by checking out the sponsorship page on the website. And if you're feeling extra generous, you can go to Apple or Audible Podcasts and leave a review. Now back to the show. Is there anything that you felt like, oh, I wish, or even you might not have taken advantage of it, but is there anything that you think like, I wish the, you know, my school or any school might offer to students who are going through a significant loss? So when I
0: was at school, I thought about starting like a support group
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, for students who had lost someone or was just going through like a traumatic experience at the time. Um, I never really got around to it because everything that happened. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think just being able to sit with your peers and talk
1: without fear of judgment would be really beneficial to anyone really. So how have you been doing through this whole pandemic? I don't know if it's brought up feelings of grief <laughs> or, Um or maybe it's been good for you. I don't know. Um, it's been really difficult for me because
0: I isolating. Okay. So it took me a long time to develop the social skills that I have because I'm, I'm very, very anxious in social settings. It might not seem like it. Like my aunt will say, you're, you don't have anxiety. I don't know what you're talking about. You literally talk to everyone. I'm like, well, it's not how I feel. So I think being so isolated for so long has just completely diminished my social skills. (laughs) Cause even my best friend, I'll, we talked for the first time today in like three months because I just, whenever people call me or text me, I, the fear of having a conversation is so overwhelming that I just don't respond. Um, So that's been like the really, really big thing with everything that's happened. And I think that's really rooted in everything that happened to me in the past where Mm -hmm. I was moving around so much that I could talk to people, but I didn't necessarily need to be friends with them because I was going to be moving in a few months anyways. Yep. So that's come back to rear its little head. So I've been texting my friends. I'm like, Hey, are you coming back? Because I don't have time to make new friends.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I totally hear what you're saying about going back and forth has made it easy to like talk to people but to really delve into a deep relationship where you feel comfortable enough to really be vulnerable and share your full self um you've moved so much that maybe that's been harder for you mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you actually have a lot of stuff to share so um getting to that level of comfort with someone is really challenging yeah um it's similar to when i got here i was
0: I don't think I actually, I obviously, I like made friends with people when I got here. Um, But I don't think I actually started really trusting in those relationships until I think my freshman year of high school, which was two years after I'd already been here. Wow. I was like, okay, I'm actually not leaving. I can calm down.
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, Were there certain kinds of kids that you felt like I can relate to more or that you felt more comfortable with? I met some people through Imagine who had,
0: um, they weren't necessarily in the same group with me, but I like saw them. Imagine as a support group mm-hmm. for the, all that talk oh, about yes. that. <laughs> <laughs> I was a cheerleader in high school and mm-hmm. one of the people on my cheer team had also gone to Imagine and okay. we clicked almost immediately Um, most people get really uncomfortable when we make jokes about our trauma, but I was, I think that's the most comfortable I had felt in a while to be able to like joke around with her and talk to her about what had happened without it having such a serious connotation on it. Yeah. Well, obviously it was serious, but I didn't, not that I didn't want it to be serious. I just, I didn't want to have to, seriously feel it's I that's how I'm gonna put it (laughs)
1: okay and you want to be able to just bring it up casually I assume sometimes it didn't always have to be this deep sad horrible conversation and it's maybe with somebody else who had been through something similar it was easier to do that because you both kind of got it yeah are you doing anything to take care of yourself while you're dealing with all of this isolation and anxiety about going back to school um
0: Not really. (laughs) I should be trying to, like, focus on bettering myself and my mental health. Um, What used to help me in middle school was I would go for walks, which helped because I walked to and from school. So, but like, walks were my space where I didn't have to worry about holding a conversation or, you know, having to worry about someone hearing me say something that they didn't necessarily agree with or they didn't like. So I think I'll I'll probably start going on walks again, because being in my room by myself is different from being on a walk by myself. For sure, because I feel I feel like in my room I am by myself, but I'm not really because I can still hear everything that's going on in the house, Um, and you know, not anyone can walk in at any moment. Um, (laughs) Other than like going on walks, uh, I'm probably going to start going to therapy again um, because that really helped when I actually went (laughs) Um, and then I left for school. I had to stop going and I didn't want to have to go through finding a new therapist all over again. So I didn't even bother. The one thing, good thing that, you know, COVID gave us was that there everything can be online now. So I think I'm just gonna get a therapist that I can speak with online that way, even when I go for like leave for school, I'll still have that same person to talk to and I won't have to re-explain everything to yes. a whole new person.
1: Anything else that you wanted to share or that you wanted to cover today? There was this one time I was in a meeting at school
0: and the speaker for the meeting, he walked in and I could have sworn that he looked exactly like my dad. And I was like, I, it took me a second to like grasp my surroundings and I had to leave the meeting. And I called my aunt and I was like, I'm freaking out. I had a panic attack in the stairwell. Um, She was like, do you want me to, you know, come get you for the weekend? And I was like six hours in the car. No, it's okay. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, I think that was the first time my roommate kind of realized that this trauma, this grief still affects me. Because she was in the meeting as well. We basically did everything together. Mm -hmm. She was there and she saw me leave. And I think she saw the look on my face. And, um, when I came, by the time I came back, the meeting was over and my professor that I spoke about earlier, Dr. Carson, she had asked me if I was okay. And that was before I had told her about everything that happened. Um, so I was just like, yeah, I just, you know, I
1: had, I had a little moment, but I'm fine now. Mm -hmm. It's a really good thing to think about though, because, you know, I've said this before on the podcast that, um, Oftentimes we think about college as just all the good things, right? You've worked so hard to get to college Mm -hmm. and it's supposed to be like, you know, they say it's the best four years of your life or six years for some people, whatever, you know, but it's supposed to be this amazing. And for, you know, for many people, it is, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't negate the fact that it's also really challenging and that the transition to college can be really hard. And, you know, as much as you're gaining from going to college, it's also a loss. Yeah. And I don't think we I don't think we give enough uh, credit uh, to the fact that you are going to have struggles in college because we're so focused on it's going to be awesome. And you're going to, you know, learn so much and make new <laughs> friends and have all these amazing experiences. And we don't think about how you're going to get to a new environment, which, you know, makes you vulnerable. It makes you you know, it brings up stuff. Um, you're going to see new faces that can remind you of people. You, you're going to experience new things that, you know, you'll smell something that you'll be like, oh my God, I haven't smelled that since, you know, I was six years old with my mom. That's so crazy because
0: that actually happened to me. I was folding clothes for my roommate and I don't know if it was the same laundry detergent or fabric softener, but I smelled it and I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> Wow. Because I still, I, I can't remember my mom's face or her voice, but her smell, like I remember that. Um, mm-hmm. cause I got this bag of clothes that was hers when she passed and this, it, they all had the same smell. Yeah. And I was like, yep, that's mom. And I was folding <laughs> the clothes and I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. Off here. I was mm-hmm. like, why does this smell so familiar? And it took me a second to pinpoint it. But when I finally did, I was like, wow, that's crazy. I haven't seen that in years.
1: Yeah. So there's so many triggers, you know, you you just, you know, I'm so glad that you shared that because I really want to normalize that experience too. It's not all, you know, yay, rah, rah, college. Mm -hmm. There's, although I hope that there's many of those moments too, (laughs) but you should validate the fact that there's, you know, there's the other side too. So thank you for that. I would also like to just say, um, you know, thank you because you have provided a video for an upcoming webinar that I'm doing in May. And if people are interested in, you know, now they've heard your voice, but if they want to see your face on video and learn a little bit more about you and the developmental responses to grief and loss, uh, they can go on to uh, my website, www.inner-harbor.org to sign up for the webinar in May. Thank you so much, Alana, for sharing your story today. And thank you to Stephen Bluestein for audio production. Next week on the show, I'm talking to Lindsay Marino. She's an international psychic medium. She's also a podcast host and the co-author of the number one Amazon bestseller, 365 Days of Angel Prayers. She helps psychic mediums all around the world deepen their gifts and grow their business through her online programs. By the way, did you know that there's a difference between a psychic and a medium? I knew very little about this topic and she explained so much. She also talks about how you can tell if you're going to a good quality psychic or medium. And we talk about why college students may be interested in seeking out the services of a psychic or a medium. So I hope you will join us for this very interesting interview next week. That's all for today. Good morning to all of you.